Well, right now it's like this. We're hanging out with Nicole Snow, the owner of Darn Good Yarn. Okay. Who would, I would never have heard of you, except for our EO experience. You yep. joined a few months after me. Yeah. And we met back in June or July. I know. I was right in the middle of my warehouse move. You so were. I was a little frazzled. This is, uh, you know, I don't always know what to expect. When I go to see a new client or go to meet a, somebody in the yeah. business, I'm not always sure what to expect. I wasn't sure what to expect. I'd seen the videos on Facebook for your flash sales. I'm like, okay, this area, but there's a lot more to this. There's a lot going on here. People think, you know, when we, uh, they hear yarn in the name, and it's kind of unfortunate that I chose darn good yarn. Um, but they think that we're just selling like, we're like a little yarn shop somewhere in a strip mall. Right. And, um, and while those are some of our wholesale clients, like we are really... You know, we're, we're a little bit of everything. We're a technology company. We're a marketing company. We're a supply chain management company. Um, so when people walk in, they're like, I just had no idea that this is what's going on. Now, how many square feet do you have in the warehouse? Um, 10,000 on the actual warehouse floor, and then we have 2,000 of office. And we moved from a 4,500 square foot facility. So it's a huge difference. So darn good yarn. Mm -hmm. What is it? Darnwood Yarn is a brand that's focused on, you know, our, our main core value is to start at love. And um, our products, our service, the way we treat our customers, the way we bring them along on, on their customer journey with us, it's all from this place of starting with love. So all of our products have a special story to them. Um, right now, about 70% of our products are made with a reclaimed material that's coming out of India. So either silks or cottons. And then we've reclaimed them, and then we're turning them into different products, um, either be yarn or even uh, clothing, when clothing takes up a big portion of what we're selling online. Um, and then the other side of what we try to do, because we're based on a triple bottom line framework, um, which means that profitability is a big part of what we have as a business. I mean, like any business, we're a for-profit right. business. But the other two components of what makes us special is that we measure our success based on the people's lives that we touch and then the planet. So... I talked about the recycling component of what goes into our product. Um, we also create sustainable and safe jobs for individuals who are making our products over in the countries that we're partnering with. What is your biggest seller right now? What, what are people, what are they coming here to look for? Yeah, so oddly enough, you know, again, yarn, the unfortunate name uh, as part of what we're doing. Um, we're selling uh, mostly sari wrap skirts. So they're these right. these cool skirts. They're reversible. You can wear them as a dress. And they're they're really multifunctional, um, and they have a multi-use to them. And they're made out of this reclaimed sari silk material. Every skirt itself is one of a kind, um, and it's silk remnants that would have just been thrown out. Um, so we're recapturing that and selling these skirts. Now, tell me a little bit more about the reclaiming. How do you reclaim silk? How does that happen? So, um, you know, just like, you know, if you're – if you maybe get a stain, like a big enough stain on your shirt or something, you know, you might um, you might dispose of it or say like, oh, you know what, it's not that bad. I'll send you over Goodwill and maybe, you know, someone else can get use out of it. The same thing is happening in India with um, saris. So, you know, you're thinking like six meters of fabric that a lot of women in Southeast Asia wear. Right. Um, so we're getting those. That's part of the process. Um, so that's one form of our reclaim. And then the other part of reclaim uh, for us is if there's just milliseconds. So if something isn't dyed to specification for um, a vendor that's using them for a prime use. Um, so I'm just like, say like Ralph Lauren wants a specific blue and a specific red and a print of fabric. And that red is just a little bit off. They're going to reject that lot. So we'll, we'll get that because otherwise it would just get disposed of. 
Now, tell me how you got into this, because it's obvious to me that you are a creative person, but <laughs> you're, you're also very smart and on the business end, and you're thinking this whole thing through. How? I, you know, I went to school for business. I went to Clarkson for business, and then I went into the Air Force after that uh, as a contract officer. Um, but it was really my creative side. Like, I've always been a crafty kid. I had a little craft area even growing up, like, in my house. Um, and I think that's just been a part of who I am as an individual. Like, I, I've always loved to just make messes in my house and <laughs> explore and drive my mom nuts. But I've always been really inquisitive, okay. I think, in the creative process and trying to break things down. Um, from the business side of things, I realized early on in my business, and I always like to get this message out there, I think especially to women, that... I was able to take my creativity and say, okay, my new medium, it's not yarn. Or in the past, you know, I used to love to do metal sculpture as like, that was like a hobby of mine. Okay, that's not my medium, medium anymore. I'm going to actually use business as my medium to be okay. creative. And I think that's how, even when we enter into um, addressing issues with the business, I'm like, how can we be the most creative and actually make the most impact in what we're doing? And I think that's why... We have such a unique team and we've been able to experience the growth we've experienced and we have a really cool culture here um, and people really love to come to work. This was like, what, I, again, I never would have heard about you. <laughs> uh, maybe I would have, but I don't know. Meeting you through yeah. EO has been, was a great treat. Yeah. You mentioned the core values. You started talking about love and that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about today. So the first core value you had was integrity first. Yeah. What does that mean? So for me, it means to do the right thing when no one's looking. And that just comes back, goes back to like my Air Force days. And um, I think, you know, for me, it's important to, I always like to say, I like to have a business that makes my mom proud to talk about and, and a story that is relatable. I think capitalism sometimes gets like a really bad, um, it gets a bad rap for, for whatever reason. And so I think with that integrity first value, it's just saying like, hey, you know what? Capitalism is actually a force for good. I believe it is. And when you create sustainable jobs and you're trying to do things the right way and um, not take advantage of people, you can really create true movements and economies um, that you might not even step foot on their soil, but you can make these uh, changes in other people's worlds. I think too often if we watch the news too much, we see about these corporate raiders that come in that, sure. that with their junk bonds and buy businesses and just squeeze every last bit of life and creativity mm -hmm. out of the business. Right. We see that and sometimes we focus, I think, on how bad it is. Yes. This, this yes. is not good for us, but mm -hmm. really it is good because there's folks like you who are doing the good work and not just sucking a profit out of this. Right. And I think that's, I, I agree with you, like in terms of mainstream media, um, and I don't, you know, not getting political, but it does. It does focus on the bad. I mean, news does. I mean, that's that's what that's what that's gets how ratings, they make money, right? But um, you know, I've spoken to too many, you know, college students and high school students along my time of owning this company. I say, hey, like, what do you guys want to do when when you grow up? And you know, millennials and um, like, I want to I want to work for a company that is. Well, they don't even say they want to work for a company. They, they want to work in something that makes a difference. I'm like, so what are you going to do with that? And they say, well. I'm gonna go work for a nonprofit. I'm like, okay, you're okay. You're gonna make three dollars a year. I hate to break that <laughs> to you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it, but I'm trying to be realistic with like and when I talk to these kids is that you can work for companies, um, and it's not brought up in academia that much, and I think that's an issue. You can work for companies that work on this triple bottom line framework 
that are doing good in the world. And it's a very sustainable model because now you're creating jobs, you're creating sustainable jobs um, in either your backyard or across across the ocean that that is really what moves the ticker. It's creating, it's, it's reducing unemployment. It's not just coming in for one little cute project for a month or even a couple of years. You have to be there for the long term to plant your flag to create real um, differences in local economies. You know, uh, core value number two was teamwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, walking in here, and I've known Erica yeah. for, uh, for about a year now. And, and Erica is a unique person and one of the most positive people. But walking through here, everyone's, you know, this is not corporate America right here. This, no. is, this is real nitty-gritty stuff. So how does teamwork do you look for people that are? Yes, I mean we we hire we hire and evaluate our employees on a values based system. So I used to just go, oh yeah, these are our core values and call it good. But even our evaluation system goes back to the core values that I think we're probably going to go through. Right, and I hope we go through each one. But um, in terms of teamwork, first, it's easy, especially I think in technology because. We still are very back-driven by technology. It's easy to put your headphones on and sit at your computer and pretend like what you do doesn't influence the other people around you. When we're in when we're in this small team environment, there are times when you know shit hits the fan and we all have and we all have to you know go out in the warehouse and pack orders and and knowing and being nimble enough and not just saying okay this is my job and this is my job description that does not work in this environment. Knowing that we're all in this on this um, in this ecosystem where we thrive off of each other and knowing when to sort of help each other out and step in that's that's vital for us right um, and it does keep us nimble and keep the ideas fresh as well absolutely the other core value is creative innovation and we kind of touched on that a little bit yeah. earlier yeah um, let's skip to attracting positivity <laughs> we have a lot of cri- was, we have a lot of crystals <laughs> but you know I mean that was the when you and I met that night at Mako, and we were chatting. I'm like, you know, this this is a person that there's something going on there, something good. Yeah. And you know, you give it off immediately. So, Thanks. how do you how do you relay that? Or well, I think I, I think again, being um, you know, for for owners um, who have like core values, I think hiring into hiring to those core values. So attracting positivity for us means um, that you don't look at stuff that goes wrong as like, oh, this sucks. It's like, this is just an opportunity for growth. And um, I learned that, um, I worked with Governor LePage up in Maine for a little bit of time and I, I got to get close to him. And I remember him always saying, well, you know what, if it's down here, it's just, it means there's that much more upside potential. He always used to say that to me. And I, I was like, man, you know, there's something, there's something really really important that there's a there's a life principle there and um and so I think I just sort of took that and I infused it into what darn good yarn is so in terms of attracting positivity it's really just a it's just a mindset and a, a framework of how we approach things I mean we are a small business we go through lumps just like everyone else you can either go through it with a frown or you can be like okay this is we're going to figure this out. What can and, we deal with it? And we're going to we're going to make this our next our next best thing. I mean, a great example of this is so our fl- our sales were a little bit soft the past couple months, and we're like all scratching. It's like, what the hell are we going to do? Okay, 
this sucks. And we, and you know, okay, yeah, it's not like all sunshine and rainbows every day. Maybe it's a business, but I hope not. Right, but it, but then you say, okay, how what what are we missing here? Okay, let's try this live sale. So we started doing Facebook live sales and reaching out and directly um, interfacing with our customer in a live environment, right. like QVC style, and it's awesome. And then and, and selling our skirts and our items on live shows, and they've been tremendously successful. Um, so we could have just like backed ourselves into a corner and said, this is a, uh, a weakness of ours. But we said, no, like, let's exploit this weakness and figure out a way to be positive. How can we make it work? Mm-hmm. And those flash sales are great because I, and I'm not a customer by, I am not going to buy a dress anytime soon. I don't know that you make them in my tall size, (laughs) but I watch them and go, you know, this is pretty entertaining from the standpoint of you're connecting with folks. You connected with me. So I'm like, look, I go, this is great. And I'm drinking most of the time too. Oh, (laughs) we may have to stop taking it. Um, Let's talk about something yeah. Change the subject here a second because we were having a little conversation earlier, and you know, owning your own business is a pain in the ass sometimes. You've got to do stuff that you may not necessarily want to do, or you've got time. How do you squeeze it all in? You're a mom, mm-hmm. you're a two-year-old. wife, you have a business, you have this family here. Mm-hmm. How do you do it as a woman? Um, so I remember when I found out I was pregnant, which happened, I don't want to say unexpectedly, it just happened quicker than we thought. And I went, oh shit, like I just ruined my business because I've watched other women and from my, like from my vantage point, I'm like, man, that's, that was like a definitive line where they almost took their eye like off the ball of the business itself. Um, And it was mostly people in my industry. I, I only had like my industry knowledge, like within the craft industry. And I was, I was wigged out is not even the word I was I was totally petrified I'm like I just spent the last eight years building this thing and now I'm about to watch it start start to crumble um and I I had a tough pregnancy towards the end where it wound up being for me one of the best leadership lessons I ever had where yeah and it was um it was in this place of going okay you're always told when you're pregnant, you know, you can't actually take on that much stress with the baby and all this. And so you, you're, as a business owner, you're like, could you imagine if someone said, don't be stressed, run a business, but don't be stressed. I would have to smack them. Right. No, that's exactly it. But you're like, oh my God, I have this human being now that I'm like very accountable for. Right. So you, okay. Like, what do you do? And you kind of get a little frozen. And I realized really quickly, I have to delegate like hell and I have to let people flourish. So there was this, you know, it was Nicole 2.0 where I said, I just physically can't do this. I emotionally can't do this. And I just started shedding everything. And it started to position me more in terms of being a leader of the organization versus really focusing on the day to day the way I used to. Um, and what wound up happening is we were able to, as a company, we blossomed in growth as a result of that because I just started trusting all the people, all the wonderful right. people I hired around me. Um, so in terms of managing the day to day, it's do I real? It's it's always this question of do I really need to be doing this? You know, if yes, okie doke. If no, um, shed it. And if the answer is yes. Um, can I put a system to it so that at some point I can delegate that off my plate? And that's how I just keep the ball rolling because I seriously don't have a lot of time. And 
you know, my two-year-old doesn't sleep through the night. So I'm working off of like five or six hours of sleep too. So, they, you know, there, there's some complexity there. But um, I think that we just, um, it, it's about delegation and keeping your family on your, on your team with you. Now, you answered already one of my questions here right there. What keeps you up at night? So apparently it's the two-year-old that keeps you up at night. I think, you know, the other thing that keeps me up at night is what's next for the business. I, yeah, any entrepreneur is always, you always have that itch. Even if you're exhausted with the two-year-old, you still have that, like, okay, what are what's really our next big move? And there's some nights where it's like 3 a.m. and I'm like, I, I'm so excited to get out of bed. And I'm like, you need to sleep. But... You know, let me let me try to like figure out this business in my head of like what we're going to do, and um, so I think that's exciting. I think I think in terms of e-commerce, you know, I think we'll look back at this in like ten years and go, that was a gold rush. It was truly a gold rush, and so I'm I recognize that right now, and um, and we're just taking advantage of it. As well, you should. I mean, it's a great it's a great business. Looking at it, it's terrific. You know, and I can't believe it's right here. You know, that's always the thing. You 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 hear about these businesses, these online businesses. Mm-hmm. And like, this is right here. Right. Uh, you know, when I first met you, I was reminded of when I first started out in media. I was one of my first clients was a yarn store. Really. And it was just, I didn't get it at first. I didn't mm-hmm. understand the, the the creative aspect that the the yarn and making something and mm-hmm. is akin to me playing guitar and releasing my yes. creativity yeah. in that way. Yeah. And so it was very cool. Wow. And That's it's a huge it's industry. Like. People don't really, I mean, we serve a $44 billion industry. It's gigantic, yeah. but there's something like, even with you playing guitar, um, I think there are these human experiences, you know, we're on our computers, we're touching, you know, man-made, man-made um, materials all the time. And going home playing guitar or going home and knitting and using um, like organic materials. You know, you're touching wood on the guitar and or, or wool or silk. It's um, that's a very human experience that like, you know, there's a lineage to that. Um, and, you know, it's really up until you know, everyone having personal computers and all this other amazing technology that's totally helped our lives. But you're just there's a separation there um, just with the, the whole sense of, of touch. Absolutely. Tell me about the Air Force. What did you learn in the Air Force that you carry with you every day here? Um, that's a great question. So I was a contract officer in the Air Force. I think that, you know, I think one of the best um, best lessons I got was when I was in uh, one of my, like my basic officer training, and it was just to utilize your resources. Um, so... You know, when you went through like your leadership, like your, your specified leadership trainings, you know, they get say, I don't know, give you just a small amount of resources, whatever it is. Go get your team from here to there and only use this one ladder, that kind of thing. They say, uh, how the hell are we going to do that? But there is a way. You have to just be creative, right? That creative innovation goes to that. So utilizing your resources and that to me goes to this mindset of being as scrappy as possible. So I started this business with money from my savings. Um we have no outside investment. I, my husband and I own 100% of the company. Mm-hmm. And it comes from just being ridiculously scrappy. And that's cool because I'm not beholden to anyone else but myself. And that's the scariest thing, being a small business, too, is mm-hmm. most of us, it's it's our it's money that's yeah. doing it. It's, our, it's ours. It's, it is ours, yeah. That's the part that keeps me up at night is the, 
you know, what are we going to do next? What are we, you know, right. how are we going to keep this going and growing? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is. Nicole, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. This is this awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to just hear a little bit more about the business and I just love being around you. You've got a nice positivity. Thanks. And it's just fun. Awesome. Thanks. You're the best. Thanks. Yeah, we'll do this. High fives. That whole High thing. High fives. <laughs> boom. One of these? Yeah, boom. I don't know all the, the okay. fancy handshakes. I got it. Yeah, we'll do this again. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs>